Welcome to episode 733 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 733 of I Am Talk with Coach John Eustam and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Sensational, Bevan. <laughs> Sensational. Sensational. Who was, that, who was that old league commentator? Remember? Yeah, that's where it's from. Made the saying and... Yeah. Hugh, Hugh, someone? Yeah, don't know. No, neither. Uh, <laughs> top start to the show. Top start to the show. Okay, guys, let's get straight into it. Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... What Bike. Oh, we've got a new sponsor team. It's the most realistic and effective smart trainer on earth. Also, our patrons, John. Jeff. I'm going to go first. Okay. Jeff, the Explosion Curry. Andy, the Lion King, Cipollini. Uh, Matt, Albacross, Young. The Albatross. The Albatross. The Albatross. Okay, this week's show, we've got some news, hot topic, Coach's Corner. We've got a few topics happening in there. We have indeed. So part two of Swim Chords, and we've also got a question just general, about the most general question you can get with regards to uh, improving your run. Okay, that's good. Uh, Then we also have uh, John's History Lesson. We have. We're going to look at the Olympics from 2004 in Athens. And then we've got Super League. Oh, no, sorry, that's news. Then we've got questions and answers at the end. Starting off with the news, we've got the Super League race. I just finished watching it just as John was walking in the door. Um, I watched most of the females and then all the men. Not that I'm a sexist pig. It was just a time thing. I would look like the females was... A bit of a dojo domination. Yeah, yeah, that was the problem. So I kind of figured that out and I was like, okay, well, I haven't got much time, so... If you haven't um, watched it or you don't know what's going on, if you haven't listened to the last couple of show, the shows, uh, or if you don't want to know the results, uh, fast forward next at least five minutes or so, because um, you can still go onto superleaguetriathlon.com, and then they've got uh, under it's the on ar- YouTube as well. Yep, under Arena Games, and then you can go through there. It's two hours, two hours of footage there. It's pretty full on two hours. There's not much uh, namby pambying and lots of interviews and stuff. It's you know two hours more or less of action. That's a good point. There's no real interviews, are there? Was, there was a little bit in the middle that I didn't watch, um, but it was pretty much straight into it, and yeah, it was it was it was good. So as Bevan said, uh, the women's race was a bit of a dojo domination. Uh, almost a complete dojo domination in fact Jess Learmonth I wonder when they do the splits if in every race she had the fastest swim bike and run so what they did they had a uh, triple mix so that was three short races they were held over 200 meter swim 4k bike and how far was the run it was like 1.2 wasn't it 200 meters. The run would be more than 200 meters. No, no, I think it was 1.2k. It was something okay. like that. Uh, Maybe I heard them say 200 meters to go. Yeah, and the first race they did was a swim bike run. The second race was a different order. Which second I can't bike remember. race was bike, run, swim. Yep. And then the last race was a run, swim, bike. Yeah. Finished with a bike. So yeah. each each time you finished with a different discipline, which was which was pretty cool. We have seen that format before, but but not. Um, when you're doing it on smart trainers. So they swam in a pool. Um, the the um, tax trainers were set up next to the pool. So you'd run to the bike, and then they had these fancy running treadmills, which uh, I've never run on, and they are not a pre- electronically powered treadmill. You basically uh, get the momentum going. And it's like a small it's like curve. a curved, yeah. curved one there. So uh, they sound like they're pretty difficult to run on, um, but it makes it... 
I guess as fair as you can have it on a treadmill rather than having somebody there sort of cranking up the the um yeah that is fair speed. at least isn't it mm. it is i've only again i said last week i've only used it once it is a weird kind of running feeling mm. um but hey so what it is. females racing jess lemont just dominated the dojo she won every single race uh, so you got te- it wasn't time based it was 10 points for winning each race and then dropped down to one for last place so she just won all three of the races she's renowned as an extremely good swimmer um, good biker and good strong runner but probably not the best runner um, but she just crushed every single one so is that a surprise <laughs> Not especially the yeah, field? Uh, when we did the, when we did there was a massive massive response to to people predicting uh, their picks on our Facebook page. Oh really? About four people? No one. Oh there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and I had her in my top three. She she um, effectively has been in the top sort of three or five on the ITU circuit consistently last year. I will say. For a lot of these athletes, this is their first race in a year. And I know that's the same for all your age group, a lot of your age groupers out there. But these are professional athletes. This is how they make their money. And a lot of them have not raced for a whole year. Really? So she finished first equal in the Tokyo Test event, um, but then got disqualified because she was one of the ones that went across the line hand in hand with somebody else. Uh, so she is a top, top athlete. Not surprised that's to see her. harsh, wasn't it? It was, but rules are rules, Bevan. What was the rule that they broke? Uh, you can't kind of collude a result or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. I do get that. So, did uh, that come after the Brownlee thing? Or was uh, it in place before the Brownlee thing? Because Brownlee didn't get... I th- can't remember. It must have, because it, it must have done. He didn't get penalised for that, did he? Don't think so. Because I remember it didn't end up influencing the overall. No, it didn't. Yeah, and, and that was a bit like, okay, we'll let it go, but... Yeah. Um, so anyway, Jess Lemoth crushed the women's race. Rachel Klammer, she was uh, so she had a seven point victory. Uh, so she won all three events, and then what was a really good race for um, second through to fifth. Uh, so you had Rachel Klammer, Valerie Bartholomew from Belgium, Natalie Van Coverden, and Georgia Taylor Brown. Uh, so that did really come down to the wire, which was quite exciting. But Jess Lemoth really crushed it all. Got so, all the points, thirty <clears throat> points. Yeah, very impressive. Um, and so they were off first, and then they were followed by the males race. So they got to sort of see how it all how it all worked. Uh, the men's racing was very interesting. So you had Jonas Schomburg, who I had in my top three picks. He's he's kind of been one of these guys on the ITU circuit that um, hasn't quite made it yet, but he's he's just often just attacking on the bike, okay. going on these crazy solo breakaways, and he's also that kind of guy who comes steaming out of transition, like running a bloody two and a half minute K, and he'll be in the front for maybe the first two Ks. But always cracks? But cracks, uh, but doesn't crack so badly that he's just out completely out the back door, but then he might finish, say, somewhere between 10 and 20. I remember uh, there's a good story. Gordon McCauley is a, was one of New Zealand's top cyclists for a long time. And uh, the big cycle tour in New Zealand is a tour of Southland. And I remember he, he won it. I don't know how many times he won it, but he won it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember another guy telling me, he, first time he turned up, he just attacked all day, every day. And he'd always blow up. And everyone was like, yeah. this guy's an idiot. Yeah. But then after about two or three years, eventually he just fit enough. And eventually he just broke everybody in. Because mm. yeah, does this guy ever stop was kind of, yeah. you know. So what was interesting is Jonas Schomburg won the first race, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if he won the second or not, but he went into the final race with what you would kind of think was almost an unassailable lead. He, you know, he really had to stuff up the last race, okay, and yeah. uh, and he would have would have still won. And uh, he did manage to stuff it up, yeah. not not being nasty or anything like that. But 
going into the final race, how it panned out. So it's the first race. He basically won it by jumping on the treadmill without his shoes on. How do you feel on. about the shoes? I will go into that later on. Oh, here we go. Controversy <laughs> so, in the Super League. So he, he, it was all pretty close. He transitioned off the bike, jumped on the treadmill without any shoes on and ran his way to victory. Um, so good on him for innovation, um, but we'll go to my views on that later on. Second race, he still did amazingly well. A few of the others cottoned onto it and didn't wear shoes in the second race. Yep. Um, and the third race, you've got to give Javier Gomez some credit here. He got in a breakaway with... Uh, he didn't win it, did he? he got, no, he, he I think it was with... Uh, it was unfortunate, really, because in the coverage... That wasn't really the race for the win, mm. so they didn't show the sprint to the finish for between the two winners of that race. Mm. Yeah. So Gavia, uh, Gomez and one of the others, I think it was Valencia from Portugal, I think they got away um, for the final bike leg, so it went swim, run, no, no, no to go run, 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 swim, um, bike. They got away and uh, took the first and second place, and then you had Schomburg and the guy who ended up winning it, um, Justice Nierschlag from Germany. Sort of, they were a group of two, just sort of lapping it out. But then they got caught, yeah, and page. so at this stage, you're thinking Schomburg's sweet. He's got it. He just needs because he needed to win with somebody else behind him. Yeah, to guarantee the win. So he had to one more place because the guy who was second place at that time. Yeah, Nierschlag uh, just had, had to get a couple of people between him and and. And Schomburg, and at that stage, halfway through the bike, you're going sweet, they should be fine. And then the group from behind, in typical Zwift fashion, rode up to them and uh, swamped them. And it ended up coming down to decide the whole event to a sprint finish uh, going into the final bike leg. And Justice Yus Eustace, bloody hell, spit it out, Nierschlag from Germany, um, won the sprint out of the group, and that propelled him to overall victory. Now, what's he like? Is it on. The tour. Uh, so he's he's good and he's probably somebody who's sort of coming through. So last year he won a World Cup. He had a couple of seconds in World Cups. So remember World Cups are the second tier events. Usually have good fields but not stellar. Mm. But on the, the main sort of uh, World Triathlon Series race last season he had a 21st uh, and a 7th. And that was sort of the, about it. The rest of it was all World Cup races. So he's an emerging athlete, um, but has not yet been proven. So, you know, you'd say without doubt, this is a, a massive breakthrough victory for him. Do you know the prize money? No, I don't. No. Okay. So, yeah, so it was um, it was really good. Gomez getting third's got to be pretty awesome. Impressive. Because he literally raced the day before. Raced a sprint distance race the day before and then rocked up and he just built his way into it. He, he was did, didn't he? A bit off the pace and then by the last race he was uh, he was firing on all cylinders. So good on him. So John, as an overall, your thoughts? Yes, yeah, so I, I was uh, thinking they're going to have some, some sort of tech issues here. Yeah, Somebody's going to drop out or something like that in terms of a Zwift um, breakdown. But it seemed to go really smoothly um, so there's no tech issues I thought the production was, was really yeah. good yeah. Uh, they're a great team yeah, uh, yeah good close racing you know the, the women's racing there's not much you can do about it when there's somebody dominating you can't make it it's a bit like when Gwen Jorgensen was racing or Chrissy you know there's so much they're just crushing it yeah. you can't make it that exciting but the racing for second and the females was awesome and the men's racing you know it was uh, lots of variation in places and so it kept you drawn in until the literally the last second of the last race. Do you know one thing I loved about it as well? Yeah, it really was. It was pretty exciting. The one thing I love about it is it's triathlon. Mm. You know, like, because we've, we've been so stuck in these models. And I know we've talked about the innovation of Super League and the, the Uncle Tobys in, in Australia back in the day and all that kind of stuff. But 
triathletes swim, bike, run. You don't have to just always do it the same way. Mm. You know, and I just, I kind of think it's cool. It's just, it's, I love the innovation of it. I, I really liked how the swim, you, you, the swim is a bigger difference than it normally is in And a also because it's pool swimming. Mm. So like, you know, like that's an advantage if you're a good pool swimmer. You can't jump on somebody's feet. It's no. If you're a crack swimmer. Good turning. I, I had uh, Richard Murray as one of my picks to, to do really, really well. We know he's a weaker swimmer and he just got dominated because uh, he didn't have any feet to jump on. Yeah. Uh, so he got, he got crushed. Um, yeah, so it really does expose... Yeah, that's interesting as well. Any weaknesses? Uh, you can still be a bit weak on the bike, I guess, because there's drafting. Well, if anything, enabled. that's the downfall of it. Because mm. on Swift's drafting's easier, isn't it? It is. It's it's like being out on the road, but they, they could certainly innovate this to have a. You can do Swift races where there's no drafting, so the drafting's yeah. not enabled, so you can still see everybody around you. I uh, kind of like that, but uh, what do you reckon would have been better if it was non-drafting? I don't. As a spectacle, I don't think it would have changed things much. You reckon? No. And and because I think everybody would have still kept an eye on everybody. So I've done one accidental non-drafting race in Zwift, and because the never draft, again. Well, <laughs> you're sitting there, and the drafting was supposed to be turned on. And you're like, I'm killing myself. Why am I not getting a draft? Uh, and you still can see everybody. So I think it would be like doing a non-drafting race on the road. Yeah, but if you're a stronger around. cyclist, you can get an advantage. You can, yeah. So you know, because you're saying what you like is that the pool. This one gets the advantage, mm. then the stronger biker doesn't get the advantage in this game. Yeah. So I think, again, you have some variation. You have some individual yeah. time trial ones. Uh, so, but that's what Super League is good at doing. Um, what needs to have a little bit of work, and this isn't criticism, it's just things that, that could be done, done better, is firstly have everyone wear shoes. I think that was, uh, that was poor form when you, he basically won the race because he didn't decide Transition. not to wear shoes. So and you say it's a rule you have to have yeah, shoes. Yeah, you've got to have shoes Well, they on. make them do the goggles and the, and the bloody yeah. kit cap. And it's like when you're doing a triathlon, you've got to have a, your torso covered and things like that. So mm. I just think that should be a standard rule that they've got to introduce. But they knew that was the case because when he did it, because they're like, oh, I haven't got shoes on. And it goes, well, it's in the rules. Mm. So, mm. so I yeah. just think that's a rule that needs to be changed. Well, especially in such a short race. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in a race that's only 10, 15 minutes long. Mm. And they had those incidents also in Super League where athletes were running out, not this weekend, but in other races where they'd run out of transition with any sho- out any shoes on just to get across a, a certain timing point uh, so oh. they wouldn't get eliminated. And then they put their shoes on. So I just think that's got to be a blanket rule. Well, that's the problem there. You make rules, people are going to game it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that was one area I think needs to work on. There's definitely a few areas in Zwift that need to work on um, in terms of... So is that editing? Uh it wasn't. A, it's the same. It happens in all the races. So this okay. isn't a criticism. It's just something that it'll come with time. So what I mean there is, when the athletes say cross the line, um, they kind of stop, and you get instant results popping up on the screen, um, rather than when you see them. You couldn't really tell very easily when they were transitioning um, from the say the the bike to the run. Whereas if you had like a finish line camera or something within Zwift, you can say boom, there's Brownlee through, there's Gomez through, and their avatar either disappears and the the splits sort of pop up. Uh, so I think that was one area, and also and you get this on live footage as well, just covering the right athletes at the right time in Zwift. Mm. So in the females race at one stage, there was there was action happening, and they were following some other rank, one of the the last ranked riders. So there was a few instances of that, but I'm I'm going to give them a, a pretty strong pass. One thing mark. I did like with the Swift is when you, you know, because the cameras could be right in front of the faces of the athletes. Mm. So on Swift, you're seeing the race, you know, and it's, it's obviously not as cool as watching a normal race, but you're kind of seeing what's happening. But then they've got the cameras right in front of these athletes mm. and they're blitzing themselves. Yeah. And you can see the hurt, which you don't often see. You know, you'll see that from a distance normally, but just have that camera right in your face mm. was having a real cool kind of 
understanding of just the pain they were going through. And, and where I think this is going to be awesome further down the track is when the oh, crowds yeah. are involved because this was at a swimming pool, there was a few people, but there was no, it looked like there was a little bit of cheering, but imagine doing this with uh, at, a, at a really awesome swimming facility where you can get, you know, a couple of thousand people on there. The noise well, would be massive. Well, well, they do like, you know, imagine going to like a, an NBA, no, 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 no 20,000 people there, but, you know, a stadium and put a fake pool in there. Oh, yeah, that's definitely terrible. You know, because, the, you know, the problem with local swimming pools is they're not going to have the big screens and everything. Mm. But you go to, like, an NBA stadium, again, something maybe a smaller scale, but you've got the big screens. Yep. You know, because you think of the eSports games, mm. you know, because it's basically just the same thing. Mm. Um, and they've got the big screen, so the crowd experience could be uh, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely brilliant. It'd be a... Imagine for the athletes. Because mm. it's one thing triathletes don't experience is that... In a room, big volume of sound, mm. you know, just the atmosphere going through the roof. So I, th- I think it was a, for a first up attempt in the current climate we all live in, uh, it was better than expected in terms of how they delivered it, um, but I think it could be even better further down the tracks. So nice work. If you haven't watched it, get on it. Have they, is it, is it going to TV? Have they sold it to TV? Do you know? Is it? I don't know. You think if, it, if they're just putting it out for free on YouTube, it'll be on some TV channels around the world, but... Um, yeah. Interesting. On YouTube, about 40,000 people watched it. Right. Yeah, just numbers-wise. Okay, other IT news, John. Um, so there was also a French Grand Prix race. French Grand Prix races are like World Cup races. It usually get very, very strong fields. Uh, as we said, uh, Javier Gomez was there. He finished fourth. Uh, Dorian Connix took that out in front of Christian Blumenfeld and Leo Begier. So there was some racing in France. Apologies. I couldn't find This is all in French. Couldn't actually find the females' results. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're getting some racing coming back. It's good times. Also, the Ironman virtual racing happening over the weekend. It was a 19k bike and a portion of the Ironman Austria race. Uh, women's race. What happened, Jomo? Uh, Alicia Dolhi uh, from the USA took it out. She swam 628, so they did a 500 meter swim. Then they did the 90 kilometer bike ride. She did two hours 30, 32, and then they had a 5K run that they'd done previously in the week, and she ran a 1647, and she took it out by three minutes in front of Pamela Anne St. Pierre and Jennifer Spiedlner. Um, and then on the men's side, Nicholas Chase took it out. He r- swam a 5.50, rode a 2.08 and ran a 16.31 for an overall 2.31.11. Got to say, Brent McMahon, getting a little bit long in the tooth these days. He was a great ITU athlete, done some amazing things at Ironman as well. And I th- remember he, like his first three Ironmans were all sub eight or something yeah, like that. he smashed it for a period, um, didn't he? He was maybe he had some tech issues or something like that on the bike, but he got dominated on the bike. But then he his run that he would have done earlier in the week, and maybe this is why he got dominated on the bike. He ran a fifteen oh six for five k, pretty solid for nice. an ITU athlete. I mean, a, a, an Ironman athlete, former ITU athlete. So I kind of get the feeling with these races that you, you just wonder if the prize money is still there or not because um, the fields that they're attracting now are certainly not the same calibre that they it's had. It's kind of going down another level, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, they really first tier, they kind of had second tier, and now it's kind of like third tier. Yeah, so great for them to get some exposure for these athletes. Um, but I wonder, you know, Ironman probably don't want to be paying out every single week because they are keeping this going every single week so nice work to all age groupers as well you know it was a long distance one this weekend where you're doing a half Ironman um, yeah, performance and uh, again our Filipino friend has not turned up so I think the message must have got through that uh, well maybe he's turned up and he's actually got a tech right 
Maybe. You know, maybe he is racing, but it's just not working to his advantage. So he had 370 finishes out of uh, 685 entries. Um, so, yeah, Carle uh, Tenori from the USA took out a very close race by 20 seconds in front of Yuri Dofinev from Russia and Brian Willing from the States in third and 4.03. And we've got our, our Argentinian lady there, Pamela Johanna, who's been crushing it lately. She won by six minutes doing 4.34.41 um, in front of Geraldine Van Fintel and from South Africa and Sarah Donith in third and 4.41. Do you care about doing any of these races? Um, well, I'm not really, at this stage of the game, not really. I do want to go and try one, but I'm kind of... Um, I'm just sort of sticking on Zwift at the moment. And I'm not doing much running, so I will at some stage, especially yeah. as we start to build into it towards our season. But to do a, you know, consistently be doing this week in, week out, to do a 40k solid effort and then a, or a 90k solid effort on your trainer, it takes a bit of e- bit of concentration. Yeah. So uh, I certainly wouldn't be doing them every week. Uh, other news, sad news. Um, you know, a bit of a not a good name in the sport for some reasons, but unfortunately, Nina Kraft dies at the age of fifty-one. So if you don't know who Nina Kraft was, she was she won about five or six Ironman, didn't she? She was a decent athlete mm-hmm. and won the Ironman World Championships back in about two thousand and I think it was two thousand and four. I think it was the year before. It was either two thousand and four or two thousand and six. It was either the year before I went or the year after. Um, but unfortunately, it was 2004 actually, uh, was disqualified when her drug test came in and was tested positive and admitted to using EPO. Uh, she basically had a two-year ban from the sport after that. She did come back and race some more. She mm. may have had a win after that. I can't remember. Yeah, she definitely she had some wins. Yeah. Um, and to her credit, she, she came out and said, yep, I did it. Um, and rather than just going through all the process of going, no, it wasn't me. My meat was tainted, et cetera, et cetera. You know, she came out and, and owned it. Um, and it just... I don't know, it just made me feel a bit queasy the other day when we sit here and we often criticise the crap out of these people that get busted for drugs and then you realise she obviously had some some major mental challenges with depression and so on and you're just going, oh... Do you think we really should be coming down? Well, it's like the Kanye West thing at the moment. Like Kanye West is a really interesting character because he's he's interesting in ways that are kind of weird and controversial, but he's mentally ill, Mm. you know. And there's that great documentary, um, Amy Winehouse. Have you watched Senna? No. Have you not watched the Senna documentary? No. Oh, Senna. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, Ayrton Senna. Yeah. 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 yeah I've watched that. One of the best documentaries of all time. Well, the same guy who did that documentary did the one on Amy Winehouse. And, and it kind of points the finger at us because it's like the whole world knew she was troubled mm. and we just we just fed our own kind of look at her. Mm. You know, not, no one ever, and, and it's really unfortunate because her father was basically, had nothing to do with her until she kind of became famous and had wealth. Um, but it's a brilliant documentary about, you know, and just that thing of, you know, we just sit there and laugh at these people when actually they need help. Mm. Now, I'm not saying Nina was this, but it is interesting. And in, in the article on Slow Twitch is a great article, actually. But they've got here, I never really rejoiced the victory in Kona. So she got busted pretty quickly afterwards, anyway, yes. didn't she? So, but yeah. on the day, I'm thinking she's thinking, I was ashamed the entire time, especially in front of my family. I cheated. Mm. So even while she was in the race, she knew she'd let herself down. And um, yeah, it's just, it's. it's yeah, I just, I don't have any is, answers. We, we make mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get it. It's unfortunate when you make a mistake, which is such a public mistake. Mm. You know, like it's, it's it, you know, like listening to, I've, I've tried to go away from Talkback Radio recently. <laughs> Not that I listen to a lot, but in our car, we only, we, it's an AM station, so it's either Talkback or Radio New Zealand. I'm a big fan of Radio New Zealand. Because um, Talkback, people are just so critical all the time. Mm. 
And and when you're in public roles, and I know in governments right now it must be tough, mistakes happen, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all human. But, and like sports stars, young sports stars who make mistakes, people make mistakes. But these people have these magnifying glasses on themselves. Mm. Now, no, I'm not giving, like, you know what? She made a choice. Yeah. And she paid the consequences. And she made a choice. And if she knew that if she made got caught, it was going to be big exposure. But it's, when do you forgive? That's mm. a tough one. It is because you don't want cheats in a sport either, do you? No, no. And a part of them, part of them, discouraging them is a shame. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a it's it's tough. Mm. But it's sad. She was only fifty one, so it's mm. not you know not nice news. Uh, John, coming up this weekend, we've actually got some races coming up. We have indeed. So it's the first, not the first long course races, but uh, this is our first sort of chance to have a look at the the top pros back in action. So Challenge Davos is on, and um, Challenge family have been making lots of noise about this, and it should be. It should be an amazing race. They really have got a, an awesome field. So you've got Christian Blumenfeld, Peter Hemerick, Sebastian Keenlay. Um, who else have we got in there? Um, Maurice Clavel, Andreas Dreitz, Andy Boucherer, Patrick Nielsen, David McNamee, Boris Stein. Um, massive big field. Uh, so we've got about 50 pro males. Daniela Reef on the females. Imogene Simons, Laura Phillips. So you've got three of the top sort of five in the world there, uh, along with a stack of other top females Melanie Mora I'll be interested to see how she goes she's from Switzerland I think she's more of a Jew athlete but she was doing crushing some of the Zwift racing Uh, this is probably about 25 females racing so it should be awesome I've got to say the Challenge Davos course it looks like a gut buster the bike course is is, um, shorter than a half Ironman Um, but you go over this pass called the Fluella Pass and uh, you do it twice it's 13 kilometres long um, with a thousand metres of elevation change so whilst it's only 54 kilometres long um, the bike times predicted by Torsten on tri rating for the guys are still around they're not quite the same as a half Ironman but Christian Blumenfeld was predicted to take one hour 53 um, Sebastian Keenlay one hour 50 so a little bit shorter than a than a standard half but uh, should be good great racing and then to top it off, for the pros, what's kind of cool is the Professional Triathletes Organisation have uh, have matched the prize money that challenges come up. So there's another €21,000 added to the prize purse. It's sort of doubling the prize purse. Oh, I have to say, when I saw that, John, I did think to myself, are they playing their cards too early? Well, like, oh, no, 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 obviously they've got a lot of money. Hmm. But they're throwing money around. Yeah, they are. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, I, I, if they've got the money, throw it around, throw it around. But it's early days, and you know, I, 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 hey, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I, I think this is really great. I just do wonder. As I saw there, I was like, a was it needed? What? You know, and, and sure, it's great because pros are going to make money from it. And but I just kind of think I hope that they're not just going in hard early. It's you know, you know, some people are just hopeless with money sometimes, and they you know they get some money and just spend it straight away. And me, it's just the, the budgeting type person in me. It's going. I hope that because. Like as a business owner, you know, being financially responsible has really helped us through this last moment in time, just because it's a challenging time. Um, and I and I just I just hope that they're making good financial choices, not just because they've got lots of money and they're just throwing it around like crazy. And and I could be wrong; they've got a billionaire backing them, but I just hope that you know they're not making choices that. Yeah, I don't know. Just I, I just don't know what the the game plan is. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, what is the game plan? They're throwing a lot of money around, and it's great because it's good for our pros and all the rest of it. And I see where they're going with it, 
kind of with you know what they're trying to do with making it like the tennis organization and the pro zoning the sport and i think i think it's needed in the sport i think it's gonna be really good for the sport i just hope not i'm just not throwing lots of money at everything right now and then two years down the piece the billionaire goes actually i'm i'm assuming the game plan is the making sure that the pro athletes are buying into it and they're 100 percent supporting them and that's like like, that's like, like the plan. thing they've done with the end of the year you know how mm-hmm. they're giving them a brace wage. That's good use of money to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say this isn't. I'm just that was just my only concern, and I could be wrong. I, I probably am wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just hope that they're not just throwing money lots at things right now because they've got lots of money in the bank, and then mm-hmm. they wake up and they go, actually, mm, we probably should have been tighter at that stage. Yeah, yeah. So, so it should be great racing. They challenged Davos this weekend. Uh, just good to see some out. racing back, isn't it, John? Mm. Um, other than that, let's get into a hot topic. Last this week. is. Uh, <laughs> Settle in because this is going to be a long discussion. Uh, okay, you go, John. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do my comment because that was one of the ones. So the, the discussion was, th- uh, will you watch the Super League racing this weekend and who do you think will be the top three males and females? So my question is, why did you get Murray so wrong? Because you knew he wasn't a good swimmer. Did you not think about the pool factor? Well, I knew he's not a good swimmer, but then he He has done well in the other Super Leagues, Yeah, one, one round of the Super League, he crushed it. That was the first one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. And so I was thinking, it sounds like he's in really good shape, like at some of the times he's been laying down. So I just thought, maybe I just didn't think it through enough. Yeah, okay. Um, but he got dominated. So um, I put down that uh, Richard Murray would win. Schomburg was second. Schomburg ended up going completely out the back door. Got fifth, didn't but he? But he, he was right within a, a yeah. whisker of, uh, of winning it. So I was pretty close there. And I put Pierre Lacour, and <laughs> he didn't even race. Uh, or did he? Pierre Lacour? I think he did. I think he did okay. Um, Let's have a quick look at the show notes. Did he even race? So that would have been a great call if he didn't even race. The core, the core, the core, the core, the core. You said it, he got fifth, sixth. Fifth. Okay, sixth. Yeah. so, and then I had, uh, yeah, so that was my top three. On the females, I had Georgia Taylor-Brown, Jess Learmonth, and uh, Kingma from Holland, and only one of them did any well as well. So you'd think I'd sh- I probably should be slightly better at this, but I got one female in the top three, and... No males. No males. <laughs> Great work. And no one else picked anything. Lucy Francis said, Super League in Jersey has been cancelled. Well, um, Robert Be- Boom Boom Bielan, he had Brownlee, Murray and Nishlag. Oh, so he got one okay. of them. And then on the females, he had Klammer, Taylor Brown and Learmonth. And so he got, where did Georgia Taylor Brown? She was down the field. But but he got he got two out of three in the females. Taylor Rachel Klammer got second. Yeah. So Robert beat you. Boom Boom Bielan, you did well. It was John versus Bum Bum Beeling, and Bum Bum took it out. He did. Okay, John, I've gone up for a light this fun. A light fun. Well, you had nothing. I had nothing last week. I can't be too critical, but we are scraping the barrel. Well, this the reason week. is my wife, on it, in, in community engagement with our group on Facebook each week, we just do light fun kind of cheering, and it's just about kind of getting people to understand each other, people, or just have fun connections. And so each week on Facebook, on our Extra Runners page, we just put a fun light question up, and I thought, John's got nothing. I need. I'll just do a fun like question. <laughs> so here it is. If you were to live the, the life of any character in any movie right now, who would that be and why would you choose that person? Okay. Any character in any movie right now. Mm-hmm. You could be the guy from the Die Hard. James Bond. James Bond. Mm-hmm. You could be the guy who saves the world and Patch Adams. <laughs> yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, you could be Wonder Woman. You could be Captain America. Yeah. You could be anybody. The cha- so, uh, that's not a movie. The Chaser. You could be one of the Chasers. Yep, it's yeah. not a movie. No, it's not a movie. No. Who's your favourite chaser? Um, the Cinnamon. Oh yeah. 
Cinnamon, he's got, he's got, he's sick. Is he? Yeah, he's got like um, Parkinson's or something like that. Okay. So I he, think I did see. He that. won the world championship this year, didn't he? Don't know. Yeah, and I, I think, and he was saying it was kind of. I think he won the world championship. Um, but it was kind of he sees it as maybe being his last chance because mm. he's kind of going downhill. So mm. if you don't watch the chase, you don't know what we're talking about. Oh, surely you watch the chase. Yeah. It's the best. It's by far the best game show in the world. <laughs> yeah. By country mile. <laughs> it's a great cast of crew. The post is gold. Okay, John, we've got a new sponsor. Let's have a pause because I am busting for a wee wee. Okay, pause time. Good pee. Fantastic. <laughs> it's just, I've, I've said this and I'll say it again. Every time I go swimming on Tuesdays, I'm just peeing all morning long. Why is that? Because it is. We had somebody gave us the feedback on it. And Why? So I don't know. It just happens. Just all day long, I'm just peeing, 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 peeing. Had a good swim this morning. Don't worry. We will have swim set. John's I'm swim sure set coming when, up soon. When, when people just started listening to the show today, they were like, "When's he going to do the swim set?" Yeah. Oh, who cares about Super League? I just want to hear about the swim set. Yeah. <laughs> so, what bike? Uh, you guys can check it out. Whatbike.com/us. So, W-A-T-T bike.com/us. Um, some of you guys are going to go. Firstly, what the hell is a what bike? Um, and it is quite different to what you might think in terms of a regular sort of smart trainer. So, what bike is? It's an all-in-one smart trainer and bike. So, stationary bike, basically. Stationary bike. Yep. So, sort of visualised kind of like a gym bike, but a hell of a lot more uh, tech involved. Smaller, kind compact. of looks like a, a pretty advanced spin bike, mm. you know, like not, not just a gym bike because gym bikes are often pretty horrible. But if you think of spin class, but yeah, but it's, it's got a, all this, all the gear, it's, but it's a smart bike. So the gym bikes, you know, you're going to go go along there and you'll probably have a little toggle, is it? You can sort of adjust, yeah. adjust things. So this is basically like having your smart trainer. So you know, you're thinking of a, a kicker attacks or whatever it might be, um, but it's an all in one bike. Uh, so you can use all your apps on there. So whether you use Trainer Road, whether you use Zwift, Ruby, Full Gas, etc. They've got their um, own app as well. They've got their own app that can all be integrated into it. Um, and the difference between this and say again, if, you, if you're visualising a um, a gym bike, this watt bike is all fully customisable. So you can have your uh, the seat height goes up and down, and you've it's got all the little measurement marks on there. The seat goes forward and back. The handlebars can go up and down. They can go forward and back. So you can pretty much dial it in to very, very, very closely to what you'd be set up either on your road bike, your TT bike, etc. So fully customisable, which is something that these sort of bikes have lacked quite a bit in the past because you don't really want to be getting on a bike that's completely different to what you're going to be doing out on the road and yeah, doing triathletes so you know because oh. like for gym people or people who just want to do a bike ride all good but for, for like people who are actual you know triathletes you, you want to be conditioning your body like you're gonna be racing mm, absolutely and so you can do that now with the watt bike um so why would you want to buy a watt bike instead of just getting a smart trainer and if you haven't got a smart trainer um you kind of need to get with the program it's probably the best investment you can make you know that along with the power meter it it really revolutionizes how you can do training and uh, maybe you're in somewhere where you do ride outside the whole time but we can ride outside in Christchurch pretty much year round but you're going to get the odd rainy day here or there um, during our winter months bit dark bit bit dingy um, a smart trainer will definitely revolutionize how you sort of view indoor training and it can be an amazing tool to actually lift your cycling to another level well and that's what's great with the tools nowadays is that you know indoor training indoor cycling was always a bit hard work that's where spin classes are such a good supplement mm. um, but now with the tools you can you train well indoors. Mm. You know, you have great sessions and, you know, on a watt bike or something like that. Do you know one thing, I don't know if you've written this down, the great thing about getting a watt bike is 
Everyone can use it in your family. That is point number. What point number have I got there? Well, you Shareability, know, it's point number four. I reckon, it's, I reckon it may be the most powerful part of it because, mm. you know, most cyclists are going to have their bike mm-hmm. and you might go buy a powertrainer and all the tools that go with it. But the great thing about the Watt bike, and actually I know this because one of my clients uses one and he loves it and now his wife's got into it. Yeah. And, and because it's adjustable, because it's, you know, it just sits in, the, in, the, in their garage. Um, and that, so we'll do point number four. So I've got shareability. Other family members can use it. And I've got exactly the same thing at home. Luckily, Belinda's roughly the same height as me. Yep. Um, so she can jump on my bike. But I've got the old TT bike on there now. She's not, it's not the greatest experience yeah. for her um, so she would love it in terms of that shareability uh, really quick and easy just to have the seat go up and down um, move it around it only takes a couple of seconds um, so the, I guess the reasons why you'd be thinking why am I getting a watt bike instead of just going and getting a smart trainer um, where you can chuck your bike on it I've got point number one the sweat factor and this is big you completely thrash your bike when you're on a especially if you're doing lots of indoor training your sweat is going to drop down it's going to what um, about standing on an indoor trainer uh, you can do that, but you, do, you have to be a little bit careful. And some bikes, um, I know some listeners to the show have had some issues uh, around yeah. standing on the bike. If you do try to rock it, it's not Which great on carbon fiber. Which is going to want to do, isn't it? Mm. It's not good for your frame, is it? Whereas like on a what bike, you stand as much as you want. Exactly. Yeah. But the sweat factor is big. It's going to rush your bike um, and going to wear it down quite a bit. So I have that as point number one. Convenience, um, you don't have to be swapping your bike on and off yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a pain actually. in the butt. Yep. Um, storage, it's on wheels. So... Again, this is a factor I would love to have. I've, I've got the bikes permanently set up in the garage. They're a pain in the ass. So get in the way. Take up all my garage space. The Watt bike, it's got some little wheels, and you can just wheel it across into the corner. Yeah. It wouldn't take up too much space at all. Talked about shareability. I th- which I think is huge. Because, you know, like a lot of us want to get other people involved in our family into sport. And the great thing is, like, with Like a Swift, for kids... If you want to get your kids into some movement, mm. like you know, look at Thomas on Swift. You can't get them off it, can you? Yeah, and it's, if kids on Swift is free for kids, uh, up, oh, is it? up until sixteen, you get. That's you really great, isn't it? Yeah, you so, know, and so like you know, to get your kids in gamifying movement. God, do we mm. need that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, in terms of the price, uh, the the Swift. Uh, um, not the Swift, the Watt Bike Atom has come down significantly in price. So initially it was a high-end premium product, um, but it's come right down in price. Um, so yes, it's more expensive than just going out and buying a smart trainer, but you're essentially getting a bike and a smart trainer all in one. Yep. And you're kind of future-proofing future yourself a bit. And I've sort of unfortunately fallen into this trap at the moment is as technology changes with regards to bikes um, then your trainer can become a bit more redundant so if you know I've gone to my road bike which has got through axles it's 12 speed my trainer's only 11 speed doesn't cope with the through axle um, so the watt bike helps you sort of with that future future proofing yourself a little bit um, so the company's been around since 2000 um, when they had the ambition of creating an indoor power trainer capable of replicating the feel of riding on the road um, then they met up with a guy called Peter Keane and they got really got into bed with British Cycling with the vision of creating the ultimate indoor bike and then they've uh, got everything all verified and then uh, this is an amazing stat in 2012 28 of the 31 track cycling medals at the London Olympics were won by athletes who trained on what bikes 
28 out of 31. That's astonishing. Yeah, I know they're quite big in like the CrossFit world and stuff like that as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And so they're partnered up with uh, British Cycling. And these days they're also used as the talent global talent ID and training tool of the UCI World Cycling Centre housed in six of the UCI satellite centres around the world. Um, The Watt Bike is the heart of finding the future cycling stars. So they launched the Watt Bike Atom in 2017. So that's good that it's had three years to iron out, um, you know, any sort of teething issues you might have. Uh, It's a smart version of the bike for users to take advantage of in their homes. In 2019, the Watt Bike Atom was launched into the States. So you guys over in America can get it. Uh, So yeah, check it out, wattbike.com slash US. So that's W-A-T-T bike.com slash US. Well, do you know what's really interesting? Um... I didn't know they were sponsoring us, mm-hmm. so they only came on board a couple of weeks ago. They let us know they come on board. My mum rang me about three weeks ago. My mum's been a runner for a long time. She's early 60s. Um, good athlete, you know, mm-hmm. consistent running, but she's getting a little bit of osteoporosis mm-hmm. and just hip starting to, you know, she'd, I don't know how long she'll be running for in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an exercise forever. As long as I've known my mum, she's exercised. And she's gone, I want to get a station bike. I'm like, mum, you want to get a what bike? She goes, mm-hmm. what's a what bike? I said, you want to get a what bike? Because... You can get a spin bike that you get, you know, but mm. you're just, you're just not, not like motivating. Whereas, you know, if you get a Watt bike, you'll be able to, and I literally recommend getting a Watt bike to her. Mm. And, and, and this is no, no word of a lie. I'm not doing it because they're sponsoring us. It's just not just for us triathletes, mm. although it's a long time since I've done triathlon, but more, you know, every, even the people in your life, because sure, it's a big investment, mm-hmm. but for my mum, she's going to exercise, mm. you know, and for her to spend, you know, a few thousand bucks on something like this, is going to be a great investment for her because it, it she, she'll train well. Mm. And that's the thing. It was interesting. One thing I found really interesting in the lockdown is that I did a lot of gym type of works out, workouts with videos mm-hmm. and I just didn't train as hard as what I normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, you know, whereas in the class environment, it pushes you. But if I was on like a Zwift where you've got that competition aspect. Oh, yeah. You know, that brings it out of you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I really did. I, honestly, word of God, I recommend I said to mum, you want to get a Watt bike, don't just get a spin bike, get a Watt bike because mm. it's just those tools that are going to help you go to that place you don't go to by yourself. Absolutely. So check it out, guys. You know, we'll have a link, some links up on our Facebook page as well. Um, but check it out. Yeah, Watt bike. And we'll put a link. And use our link because, basically, if you want to get one, Go to www.imtalk.me, look for the show notes. I'll, I'll maybe put something on the front page as well uh, because they they want to track where they got the listeners from or where they get those views from. So I'll put a link to it on the show notes and on the front page of our website, www.imtalk.me. Okay, John. Music. Coach, oh, you're more editing. <laughs> I'm always trying to avoid music and he's brushes in. Here's the music, John. Coach's Corner. So I'm going to try to make this. It's always hard when you're trying to visualize a, a YouTube clip that I, I created a quick YouTube clip so you guys oh, can have you a Oh, you made a YouTube clip, mate. Yeah. Here we go. Um, about swim cords. So last week we did swim Five cords. Five minutes. What you're, are they? You've got 16 subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> I'm going places. Yeah. Back this podcasting, I'll just become a YouTuber. Where'd you do this? Was this the old um, Warren Oliver was Paul? Um, so swim cords last week. If you didn't listen to the show, I sort of went through the benefits. Who did your editing? Uh, Thomas was doing nice the film. On the edit. He's done it, but he's also done the. I know that was me that did that. Oh, nice work. Yeah, yeah. it's called iMovie. It's this, this product yeah, on Spielberg. Yeah, my iMovie stopped working. I had to use an internet one. Now it's paying a buck. 
Anyway. Um, so yeah, swim cords, benefits, etc., were mentioned on last week's show. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try to talk through what I've done in this sort of video clip. So just a reminder, a couple of the technique points when you're doing swim cords, really got to maintain that high early vertical forearm so you're really trying to work on your catch you've got to try to pivot uh, at the hips so you've got a nice flat back uh, and keep your head down now one thing that I did suggest last week is I like to have the the swim cords positioned above you above you so in terms of the height around about two meters if you can so I have a hook hanging in my garage that I use I did look around and I saw a few other swim cords people are doing clips and they often had it sort of waist height it means you've got to really pivot quite a lot yeah. at the waist and Going back to that lower back problem yeah eh? and it would be okay for doing just a few little couple of minutes of it but if you wanted to do an actually extended set of it I find it a hell of a lot easier and it's not that you want to take the easy options but the more sensible to have it a little bit higher um, so to start with um, what you can do with the swim cords firstly you can do just single arms so just Go with your left arm and do a certain number of reps and I'll go through some, some workouts in a moment and then you swap over to the other arm. Then you can do single arms, um, sort of go right, left, right, left, right, left. Uh, third exercise I get people to do is a catch only, so that's just working on the front part of your stroke. Um, then you can do double arms. Now all of these ones above that I've mentioned already is literally just doing your pull like you're doing below the water, and then your recovery would be like you're dragging your water underneath uh, your arm underneath the water. So it's not sort of doing a full freestyle stroke. So it's like forward and back, forward and back, forward and back, not <clears throat> back and then. Uh, sort of doing your recovery above the water <clears throat> however but wait there's more Bevan but wait there is more so that's the first few exercises single arms then single arms um, doing left right left right catch only double arms that's probably your four classic sort of movements that you'll see on other swim cord um, sort of clips the next one that I do, and you do have to be a bit careful with this, is I do some individual medleys um, where you're actually doing the butterfly stroke and then you actually are recovering um, like you would in the pool above the water. So there's quite a bit of load when you're actually doing the release to the front part of the stroke. So you do have to be well warmed up for that uh, and you need to be a little bit careful and really control the movement. And then I spin around and actually do backstroke. Uh, and so when you're doing the backstroke with the swim cords, the resistance is actually on the opposite side to what it is when you'd be swimming. So normally when you're swimming, you're lying on your back and when your hand extends out um, above your head and then you're pulling below the water, that's when you're going to get the propulsion. When you're doing backstroke with swim cords, it's the opposite and it's actually the recovery um, part of the stroke where you're actually getting some resistance on. Right now, is it kind of unco or is it... Uh, it takes a bit of getting the used yeah. to it because the, the, the tension's coming on and off. So. The kind of tension's coming more at the front of, as you, before you hit the water really, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's a good strengthening exercise, it's good coordination. Then you do some breaststroke arms, um, which is relatively easy to do. And then you're actually doing some freestyle. And by freestyle, you're going through the full pull and you're actually doing the recovery with uh, your elbow and your hand um, as you would when you're in the pool. Again, you've got to be careful with that because it does put quite a bit of load on your shoulders. Um, but it's just a, it's a nice movement once you get the hang of it. And then I've got three other exercises that I do. One is when you're facing away from the wall and you're doing what I call wide claps. So your hands are out like in a crucifix sort of position. Almost like a chest extension at the gym. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so these are more strength exercises rather than swim technique exercises. Also good uh, for your core. 
Yeah, and then push away is where you have your hands um, directly above your head and then you push one hand forward, let it recover, do the other hand and then there's a rotator cuff exercise as well. So I, I put a quick clip together if you're interested, go to imtalk.me and this little YouTube clip just quickly showing these exercises. I do recommend that before you start any of them, you do, I've actually put in the clip five minutes, that's probably a bit over the top, um, arm circles etc to warm up. Um, I like the... I like the um Opposite, oh, that, that is a challenge. Like so, the, the, the monkey arms almost. Yeah, so I've got arm circles to warm up. So, you know, you do a bit with your right arm, a little bit with your left arm, forward, back, um, both arms together, both arms backwards. But if you haven't done this one before, it's a real challenge where each arm is going in opposite directions. So you need to start, say, with your left arm out the front and your right arm behind you. And back it up. Wait a second. You can put music at the end. I, I had music all the way through. It's just a nice light oh, background music. Nice. I'm well impressed. Yeah. Um, then, so some sample sessions. This is how I kind of structure my workouts. I've got a little um, app on my phone, and I have it repeating 50 seconds on, 10 seconds yep. off. So you're kind of doing like, like circuit an training. Timer. Okay. Um, and then it just beeps each time you do it. So an example session would be I'd do four times one minute of single arms, so both arms together. Then I'd do three times one minute butterfly, one minute breaststroke, one minute freestyle, again doing 50 seconds on, 10 seconds off, do two times one minute of wide claps, and then one minute of the pushaways, and then I actually in insert a little bit of uh, intensity in there, so four times one minute doing hard single arms with both arms together, so left, right, left, right, left, right, and then do a little bit of uh, rotator cuff exercise at the end. Um, I do quite often combine it with some core work, core work as well, so I might do say five minutes of swim cords, five minutes of core exercise, five minutes swim cords, five minutes um, core exercises. Um, and I do include for athletes that I coach, again trying to make it a bit more swim specific. So I've got here like nine times one minute where you're doing double arms but you're descending the effort one, two, three, and then four, five, six. So that would be your first rep would be easy, second rep is harder, third rep is harder still. Um, and again, because with the swim cords, it's a bit like getting on the trainer. If you just get on and you just do the motions all at one effort, it does get a bit tedious. So you can you know, increase and change your um, level of resistance and the effort you're putting in as you go through. So that's swim cords in a nutshell. Go check out my amazing just, YouTube clip. How often will you, would you do it in a week? Well, at the moment, I'm only swimming once a week. And don't worry, that swim session is coming up. <laughs> uh, and then I'll do this once or twice a week, and that will supplement my swimming. And I've only been um, back doing swim cords for a short period. Normally I sort of swim two, sometimes three times a week. Yep. At the moment, started cranking out the swim cords, made a massive difference to my swimming. I'm back up to a reasonable sort of level. Why? Just feeling stronger? Just, and the, the, the strength component of it, working on the technique, getting a bit of strength back in there. Um, whenever you're doing only one session a week of one of the sports, you're hanging in yeah. by a thread. Two's good, three's really good. Once you start getting to four or five of each discipline, then it's sort of incremental gains. Um, so it's like, for me, it's like having a second swim. Um, so it's good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Again, um, unfortunately, you haven't put it so I can embed it. So I haven't put it on the website. I put a link to it on the website. So go right. to the show notes for today's show. Um, and that way you can just, uh, you can go to the link that would then show you the, the exercises. And he shows really good form. So go with John. Well, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And uh, now we've got a question here from Kevin McFoll. And he's got here, with no races inside, I want to turn my attention to improving my running. I'm solidly in the middle of the pack or to the back of the pack with Strather having my best 10K being 51 
34. I would love to drop to below that 50 minute mark, maybe even hit 45 threshold. My question is how to best use my bike to augment my running? Is it to do endurance type runs, what trainer road calls a sweet spot, or short hard intervals, or some combination of the three? Not sure what the best answer is, but I wanted to pick your brains. I think it's a good question. So trying to use the bike a little bit more to help you running. Um, the first thing you want to just ask yourself though with regards to your running is are you trying to improve your run off the bike and or are you just purely trying to improve the run? And you kind of think, oh man, they go they go hand in hand, but they are a bit different. Mm. And you've got to just kind of then you've got to dial it back a little bit and try to figure out what's your sort of key issues. So um, I think he's trying to improve his run based on the question. Mm, you know, yeah. he wants to get that sub 50 or 45. We'll, we'll pad it out a little bit okay. for, for generalization for everybody else who's listening in as well. Um, so you've got to think, if you're trying to improve your run in a triathlon, is the bike leaving you um, you really buggered for the run so you just don't have the, the endurance in there or is it a bit of a pacing issue um, or are you actually bonking on the run? So by bonking, it's when you completely blow up on the run. Then it might be either a pacing issue, a nutrition issue, um, could be an endurance issue or a strength issue um, or is it just sort of a general slow fade and you just, you just got to take a step back and think, where is my big issue here? Yes, of course you want to just run faster, but why are you not sort of running as as fast as you perhaps want to? Or is it potentially um, a mental issue? You know, can you consistently push yourself to a limit? Um, and do you do you push yourself enough in tough training sessions often enough? And I think that's a big issue for a lot of people is they just don't put themselves in that just difficult situation frequently enough. And this is where I think the, the back to your question where doing some bike training can really help with that regard in terms of doing say Zwift racing consistently putting yourself in tricky situations well that's the thing you need to put so there's a person, like I remember talking to Bevan Doherty he always trained by himself which I found fascinating mm. you know one of the best athletes of our sport tough as nails mm-hmm. you know so his ability to be able to push himself in training was obviously can you talk about what it was like to train with him um it was pretty hard to keep up. He's, he's you know, a very single-minded guy um, focused on just doing what he needed to do, the job he needed to get done. And by the time he was good, I couldn't keep up with him any longer. Yeah. So um, just, yes, disciplined, but just just a... To want just think hurt. of your heart, just a hard ass. Yeah, just you just want that hurt. Yeah. And now some people have that. Some people just have that desire to go to a dark place. Um, but if you don't, then you've got to find other ways to get there. So obviously training with other people, hmm. um, racing, um, just setting some really hard targets for yourself. Um, hmm. and, but then also what you're trying to do is learn how you deal with that moment. Because hmm. a lot of people, unfortunately, they just go, oh, bugger, I'll just take it easy. Mm-hmm. And it's that, how do you stay in the hard place longer is always a good question to explore. Um, so first up, I sort of said, if you know, uh, and this is trying to bring the biking into play here, to biking to improve your running. If you know you're somebody who is that one that mentally throws in the towel, and we, I think we all do it to a degree. Well, there's just uh, what, at what stage? At what stage you mm-hmm. throw in the towel, and you're not able to push as hard as you would like. So don't necessarily aim for perfection, because even the top athletes in the world, if they're doing, say, a 10K run, they're not going to have 100% focus for the entire 10 kilometers. So we're just trying to, but if you know that you regularly sort of throw the towel in a bit and, and it's quite early in the race, um, how you can use um, the, your cycling to improve that is train a road, Perf Pro or other apps, um, do your workouts in erg mode, uh, and then it's not giving you the options. So if you set yourself a hard workout in erg mode and you're on a smart trainer, 
swap bike would be a good option. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Then you don't have the option of going, oh, I'm just going to ease off a little bit here. When you're in erg mode, it's binary. You're either doing the workout or you're not. If you're not in erg mode, then you can kind of choose to go a little bit e- easier, but erg mode forces you to do it. Um, so going through, you know, using one of those apps and working through, say, one of their plans where it forces you to do some intervals will toughen you up um, mentally because you just got to finish the workout. Um, equally, using another one of the apps like Trainer Road or Zwift, um, they've got their FTP builder plans that are really nice progression um, through developing your cycling, and that will also give you the intensity required to, to pick up your run game. Um, and then what I would say is if you are somebody that struggles late in running races, um, is and you want to be trying to use your bike to improve your running, is to really try to back-end some reps into some of your workouts. And what I mean there is instead of having all your hard intervals early in a workout, actually having some of the hardest stuff right towards mm. the end. So it might be you go, okay, I've got a, an hour on the trainer, um, and I want to try to do some higher-intensity stuff to try to improve my run. Instead of doing it early on, it might be that you do some loading exercises, so some moderately hard work, sort of maybe 85% type stuff, or ride some hills and Zwift early on, and then you actually do your key um, reps later on in the session. So physically, it's going to give you a good benefit, but mentally, you've got to push when you're actually starting to fatigue a bit longer. Yeah, I love that idea of who are you when you're tired. Mm. You know, because at the beginning of a session, most of us can kill it, but it's in that last part when you're really struggling. Mm-hmm. And it's like racing, isn't it? You know, who are you in that dark moment when you really, really are struggling? Um, cadence is something that I think you can use the bike to really help you running. So a lot of Ironman athletes in particular, especially if you're relatively new to the sport, your cadence is often really low. And I see this all the time when I have athletes come to me. They might just doodle along, Ironman effort, cadence might be sort of 75 to 80 RPM. So one thing you can do is do lots of cadence um, intervals and just generally work on your cadence so you've developed the skills to be able to ride with high cadence and that will definitely flow onto your run because, you know, when you're running, it's stride length and stride rate. Um, so to improve your stride length, that's probably a whole other topic for another day. Mm. But in terms of your stride rate, that's your cadence. If you can improve your cadence on the bike, that is going to have a flow-on effect to, to your run as well. So working on your cadence on the bike will really help rather than just dawdling along at sort of 75 RPM, which is really tempting to do when you're doing um, intervals. You just sort of muscle your way through them. But try to develop that skill where you are actually able to ride with high cadence. Um Bevan will be able to definitely talk a bit more about HIT training, so high intensity training. Um, again, that can be a really safe way to do some high intensity work. If, if you're, say, the athlete who's at the stage in your life where you're not going to be able to run yeah. loads and loads and loads, and doing intensity with your running is going to make you really susceptible to injury. So you can still get that intensity from your biking, um, and there'll be some crossover there. But if, if, yeah, if you're an older runner, struggling with knees or anything like that, Doing too much running is going to be a risk. Get your you still got to do some running. There's no doubt about that to get the loading in there. But you can supplement that high intensity stuff by doing hit workouts. And it's also a nice way. You know, you do want to do hard running and impact, but it's a nice way to get that real top end max workout in. Mm-hmm. You know, within a week where you are trying to you know think about how you're managing your week. Good, good flow on point there because yeah. having a periodized plan is what you've got to do and that's where a coach can help you or being on some sort of plan is if you do the same thing every week and so you, you might go, right, John said to do some cadence work, 
great. I'll do cadence on Wednesday. Yeah. I'll do a high intensity session on Saturday. And he also sort of said to do some back end, some intervals and workout. Maybe I'll do that on Monday. So you've kind of got a foundation for a week there. But if you do the same thing every week, you, yes, you'll improve but you'll sort of plateau and what you need to do is have a periodized plan where you're going, okay, well actually I'm going to do work on my cadence for four weeks um, in this initial phase and then I'm going to sort of work through the different um, different aspects of trying to use the bike to improve your runs. So that's where you know a plan is going to help you and uh, you can get a coach to do that or find other resources. So definitely good question from Kevin in terms of using the bike um, because you, you, you can do some really good work to help your run leg. And just also, you know, although you're not that far off that sub 50, just stepping stone goals, hmm. you know, and even with all that intensity stuff, you know, you, you don't aim to be, you know, just give yourself some stepping stones that actually allow you to see your progress and feel successful along the way. Because often when people try to make progress, and I don't know how experienced Kevin is as a racer, but we, 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 we just try to make massive jumps. Mm-hmm. And A, it often leads to just a sense of disappointment that you're not getting there. And B, your body's not conditioned for that. And so when you think about your stepping stone goals, you've just got to make sure you're allowing for that time for my body to adapt to a new level and a new stage. And that's where, mm-hmm. again, getting a great coach, they're going to work with you and they're going to help you figure out where, where, what kind of time frame I want to get you to this point here and what's the safest, wisest way to get you there. So, yeah, hopefully there's some, well, there was some really good advice here, John. Well done. Hit me with some more music, Bevan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I'll put some Olympic music on. Here we go. John's oh, history so lesson. You should put our Legends of Triathlon music in there because that's got a bit of uh, okay. Olympic sort of stuff okay, in there. Okay. And it's specific. It give me more work. It's specific yeah. to today because the 2004 Olympics was won by a Kiwi Hamish Carter in our Legends of Triathlon podcast, which we haven't done for a while. I need to get some more uh, rolling on Hamish that. Carter on it. We do. I have emailed him before. I haven't got a response from him yet, though. Come on, um, he's, he's one of those guys who left the sport and was dead to the sport, wasn't he? Well, yes and no. He was for quite a while, but he's now back involved with a role with Triathlon New Zealand. Oh, is he? Um, What's he doing there? He's sort of the high-performance manager. So, oh, really? Oh, there yeah. you go. Um, so the 2004 Olympics was a doozy. You've heard Bevan and I talk about it loads and loads before because we won the gold and silver medal. Um, the draft. That the, is the peak of New Zealand triathlon, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Like Aaron Baker? Yeah. Rick Wells? Yeah, Rick was awesome, but not at this, this sort of level. This was the peak. This was the, the shamozzle. This is the moment. That, no, that this is the moment was the... Yeah, 1990 Commonwealth Games. Yes. Yeah. I heard that We that. are together. Do, 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 do. That was brilliant. It was, a good, it was a good song, wasn't it? And it was a great Commonwealth Games. It really was. Uh, so 2004, so just cast your mind back. Drafting came into triathlon in 1995. The 2000 Olympics, you know, we'd had five years of sort of draft, oh, draft and stuff. Sorry, sorry, people, I didn't turn my phone off. Um, by 2000, we'd had five years of sort of drafting coming into play, um, but it was still quite dynamic and, and things were changing quite a bit and, and how the, the races sort of structured and we had this great period in female racing where there was a bunch of swimmers that would just get away every single race. So it was not the same as what it is these days. Um, but by 2004, it was... Um, they'd figured out the game. They'd, they'd figured out the game and most, most of the old guard had gone. 
So, you know, you're thinking your Brad Bevins, Greg Welsh, um, Macca, people like that. Come on, if I'm not answering my phone, I'm not answering my phone. Just turn my volume off. Yep, sort it out, man. Sort it out. <laughs> so, we're talking the Olympics here, John. We are. It's so a 2004 Olympics, so held in Athens. The course was brutal. And I've put my, my final comment that I was going to make today was this race will go down in the history as the toughest bike course ever in an Olympic. It's never going to get beaten. It was mental. Beautiful swim. Um, <laughs> mental. It, it was held outside Athens down uh, out of the town a little bit uh, so it was a bit disconnected. I know the Kiwi team they weren't like staying. I don't think they stayed at the Athlete Village or anything like that. They were in France before it weren't they? They were in France yeah. before it, yep. Um, the bikes were this lap, and I didn't find out how many laps they did, but it was either four or six or something like that. They basically went up, uh, This had a warm-up hill, and then they had a second hill. It was mentally steep. The females in particular, they were swerving across the road to get up there. It was about 20% or something like that. It was insanely steep um, so the bike course was amazing the run was was pretty much pretty ho-hum it was uh, relatively flat but it, it made it good because the bike course mixed it up didn't it oh totally yeah and uh, and the run was relatively flat but it was going to be very hot and I'm pretty sure that they started the event pretty early in the day to try to factor that in um, a bit like what they were going to do in Tokyo this year and hopefully we get that next year John I've got a question for you hmm. I'm maybe going to hit it myself how did that girl win the race because okay. I, I went and looked at her history of her, of her performance. She basically won career win in a race, in a, in a career. Yeah, so the, the, the athlete that Bevan's referencing Kate is Allen. Kate Allen. So we'll start with the women's race. Um, so in her career, she won a world, a, a, a European Cup race. Mm-hmm. She won the Athens Olympic <laughs> gold medal. Yep. And she never won another race. No. So that's that's... Well done. So how the race panned out was um, was Loretta Harrop, who was in the breakup, who, who was a, she was an extraordinary swimmer, gutsy ass biker, and a steady, good steady runner. Not terrible, but not going to win a race on the run. Yep. But still steady enough runner. Uh, about four of them or so got a breakaway, uh, and which you'd kind of expect. You kind of expect. Yep. Um, and she just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. So you're thinking she's got it. She's got it. She's coming off. We the bike. interviewed her, didn't we? Uh, we have not interviewed her yet. Oh. Again, I've, I've reached out to her. Um, okay. But she, again, she's one. All these females are, are, have sort of disappeared. Coming off the bike, they've, she's got like a three, it was a two minute 45, I think, lead to the main pack. Two minute 45 to three minutes. You're thinking, she, you can explode. Yeah. Uh, and if you explode, you'll get caught. But if you run a good race, you're sweet. Okay. Um, she, this lead sort of stayed consistent. They were chipping away at it, the, the people coming from behind. But you're thinking she's got it. But you're thinking she's got this. And then she didn't. Like It was literally, you could see, if, if you didn't know the result, you would have just thought she's got it, she's got it, she's got it. 250 metres from the end, Kate Allen, who won the race, ran past her, won the race. As Bevan said, never won anything before in her life. Um, was she, uh, was any, she a great runner? She must have been. She was a sensational run. So listen to this. So her run split, 33-47. Loretta Harrop, now she didn't run amazingly, but she ran pretty solid, 36-47. And if I look back at the, so Kate Allen was over a minute quicker than anybody else in the field. And this is yeah. against some great runners like Vanessa Fernandez, who was a great athlete. She ran 35-25. She ran a minute 40 faster than her. Yeah, Bridget McMahon, who won the, the 2000 Olympics. She ran 36.19. Um, we did have Natalie Cortaza from Italy, who I haven't heard of before. She was 34.54, 33.47. She ran 
exactly three minutes out of Loretta Harrop to win by seven seconds. And it is the biggest boil over in a major race ever. We've had some run from behind, like Marini Carfrey and stuff. She yeah. sort of ran behind, but she was an accomplished athlete. And when you this put This is in, a one and done, isn't it? You put it in perspective, Hamish Carter only ran 32.04. So she's only a wow. minute 40 slower than her. So she just had one of these days. It was just off the charts. So I thought, I'll go and have a bit of a look before what she had done before as Bevan said very little but she had had a couple of a couple of very impressive run splits but not a great deal but then when you start reading a bit more she was still very new to the game and the previous years she'd actually been doing Ironman and she'd uh, had some really good Ironman results uh, in Kona and 2003 she did um, I think she won Ironman Austria in 2003 and then she's winning a gold medal the year later so it was not that traditional been in the sport for a long time and sort of then sort of build 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 um she just kind of was doing all bits and pieces and then just came to this race and just must have just had one of those days which was just off the charts you just get off the bike and you feel sensational what would have played in her favor is her Ironman background because the bike would not have taken as much out of her as uh, as other people so just an amazing race. Oh, you got to feel sorry for Loretta Harrop because she was one of the best athletes in the world. So yeah, this was one of my questions. Going into the race, who were you picking? Um, Loretta Harrop would have been a, a really strong choice. But I just the bike course. Yeah, because of the bike course, and she was one of the form athletes at the time. Who were the other ones? Who like? Because often these races, the form athletes don't perform. So at that time, who were the rock stars in the girls' game? Well, you had the females. So you had the, the swim, basically the swim group. So you'd have like Barb Lindquist, um, Kate Allen, uh, not Kate Allen, Loretta Harrop, uh, and then you'd then you'd sort of look at the the runners. And I see Nicola Spirig was there in nineteenth uh, place. But you had a lot of the runners were still doing well at events. So you had like the likes of Sam Warriner, Michelle Dillon, um, and people like that. They were often winning races because they'd come through on the run. Okay. This was a different beast because of the bike leg. Okay, nice. But it's just, it would be brilliant to have another race like this where the bike leg, A, it det- in the men's race, it really helped to determine the race, but it really took the stuffing out of so many people for the, the run leg and it, and it produced some different run times. So then we'll look at the men's race. Going into this race... Who are the who are the people you're thinking? Well, Bevan Doherty was the world champion. He'd won the uh, from earlier in the year, and he'd beaten out Ivan Rana. So those were probably your, your two um, big hot favourites. You also had Greg Bennett in there, and we've interviewed him before. He was a sensational biker. So you were looking at possibly someone like him, um, Olivier Marceau. He was riding extremely well, um, and always has done. Always a bit weaker on the run. Simon Whitfield was def- you know, defending champion from. Was he sharp at that stage? He was. He was pretty sharp. Uh, and you had Peter Robertson who was the enigma you never knew what you were going to get and I just don't think when we went to watch this we probably didn't factor in just quite how hard the bike ride was going to be So where was Hamish at this moment in his career? Oh he was at the end of his career you you, you consider the ages he was born in 1971 the other guys that he was racing at the time uh, for medals Mid to late 70s aren't they even early 80s Early 80s so he was definitely at the tail end and he had So he was what 33? Yeah Yeah Wow, yeah. 33. Yeah. You wouldn't lost, get that nowadays, would you? No, he'd lost that probably that spark, that sort of top-end stuff yeah. of, of the, the young guns that were coming through. So this course was made for him, really, wasn't it? It was perfect. And, and 33? That's an interesting question. What are the ages of all the, the Olympic medalists, gold medalists? Yeah, we're getting younger and younger every time, yeah. I think. Um And so this race really came down to a breakaway of, I think it was six, it was Hamish, Bevan, Doherty, um, Sven Riederer, 
uh, I think Andrew Johns was in that group and there was one or two others. Um, so they got away and they just pushed away and the gap didn't blow out quite as much as the females race. Uh, but it was sufficient that if they were going to run well and they were good runners, uh, they'd probably be amongst the medals. So with it, when there's six on the bike, you're thinking, yes, New Zealand is, but what are you thinking? Well, Andrew Johns was in that group as well. And he blew up on the run, didn't he? He did. And yeah. he was one of the strong form runners. Um but he was one where the bike just obviously cooked him. He went so hard to stay with him, it cooked him, and he was Gomberger on oh, the run. Really? So it really rewarded that all-round athlete. And when it came down to it, it was just brilliant for us Kiwis. Hamish and Bevan Doherty were running side-by-side side for probably, what, 9Ks at least? Nine, so nine and a half. you obviously wanted Bevan to win it. Yeah, yeah, just because yeah, I, know, I know Bevan. Yeah. Um, but... We were all pretty happy when it was going to be a, when it became well because because Sven fell away. Sven Reedera, he was running on their shoulder for a big chunk of it, and you that like, was pretty nerve wracking, wasn't this it? This guy's going to spoil the party. Can he run? Well, he didn't know much about him before oh, that, okay. and he went on to have a pretty good career. But the big danger was Greg Bennett, who was coming up from behind, and Greg Bennett always oh, looks like too. he's running. He looks like he's running so much faster. Often he's not quite running that much faster. So he did have a faster run split than them, but not by that much. But he looked like he was mowing them down. Oh, really? So that's where the nerves were coming from. Is he going to run all of them down? Um, and he didn't. He got reasonably close, but he didn't do it. Came down to just, a, you know, uh, Hamish and Bevan, and Hamish put the surge at the end and managed to get away. Because he won by about 12 seconds in the on oh, no, six seconds. So, but it was, he, it was, but, it was. Before the finish, wasn't it? Yeah, they both shut by, by the finishing shoot. It wasn't a sprint finish. They'd shut mm. it down. So I'd say roughly at sort of nine and a half, not between nine and nine and a half k's, you got the break, got a big enough distance that they were you both surprised? celebrated. Because you're thinking Bevan's got it. When there was just the two of them, what were you thinking? This is 16 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to go back in time, get the time machine. Um, you're probably thinking Bevan's got it, haven't you? Yeah, you, you did, because he was the world champion. If it had come to a sprint finish, I would have put my money on Bevan, um, but he did look just a little bit more uncomfortable on oh, the, the run than, uh, than Hamish. And, and what I'd say with this result is, when you're looking at these two athletes side by side, they both had very similar build-ups. They were training, not training together, they were in the same location. I don't know how much training they actually did side by side, but they were in a Team New Zealand base, and they got everything right in terms of their preparation. So preparation was perfect for the whole Team New Zealand. The course for both those guys was absolutely perfect. Yeah. You know, you bust people up on the bike, and then it's a strong man's game on the run rather than a pure runner. Um, and to be honest, what I think the difference on the day was... Not necessarily desire, but Hamish was just a little bit more talented. And so I would say their desire was pretty equal. Yeah. Um, you could argue maybe Hamish had a little bit more desperation because he'd cocked up Sydney. Well, and, and also Hamish never won a world championship. Mm. You know, so Hamish would, you know, would have arguably been one of those, the greatest who never won anything. You know, like he had a long career, won a lot of ITU races, but he'd never won a world champion. And he never went on to. He got second after the Olympics, didn't he? He did. Controversy yeah. around that. <laughs> was that a drug treats, wasn't it? No, it was Tim Don uh, won the race. And but he missed a couple. He'd missed some. And so I'm not insinuating he was drug cheat. But he, but he, his, he yeah. did not. It was the whereabouts program he stuffed up a bit. Um, so I would say Hamish is definitely more talented out of the two. Um, and that might have been just that teensy bit of difference on oh, the day. There's so many what ifs for Bevan. And mm. Bevan went on to win another Olympic medal. He won the bronze at the next Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, so what a career. But yeah, that colour just, you want that equal gold, don't you? You do. Do you know how Bevan feels about it? Um, no, no, I've never directly quizzed him on that. I mean, my relationship with Bevan um, was probably before that. Before that yeah. So I haven't, didn't see as much of him after that. It was more me sort of mid 90s to 2000. Yeah. So. 
yeah, he sort of went on to different pastures, but uh, great racing. Oh, was it well for New Zealand? Mm. That was awesome, wasn't it? It was. Indeed. It was a pretty special time. Well, unfortunately, we haven't hit the Olympics this year. No. <laughs> fingers crossed. I wouldn't put my life on it, but fingers crossed we get the Olympics next year. Gonna be sad if we don't. Yeah, it's gonna be. Because uh, when will have to make that? Why Iron Man's on though? Because I've said that. Well, there you go. Can you say the Olympics are on then? Sorry, can you? I wouldn't have the same oh, amount okay. of optimism for the Olympics. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay, John, let's do Winger of the Week. Of the week. Um, I'm going to say three, three, because we had number one, number two, add it together. X was three. Oh, I would like. Why don't we go a bit further down? We often go towards. Did the I top. do seventy something last week? Okay, okay. Jeez, uh, number three, number three, number three, Moira Horan. We've had. I'm sure isn't Moira? Uh, she's like the woman for try lady, isn't she? 25 hours and 19 minutes, 16 minutes of swimming. Geez, you went overboard on the swimming there, Moira. Did you say 16 minutes? Yep, it is. (laughs) 16 minutes of swimming. Uh, (laughs) Overboard. Yeah, crazy. And then 19 hours and 34 minutes on the bike, 5 hours and 28 minutes on the run. 19 hours on the bike, solid work, Moira. Uh, So where is Moira from? She is from... New Jersey. Spring... Spring Lake Heights in New Jersey. Tell us, she's got some good photos and some cool gear. More, you're mm. you're a cool chick, you are. Yeah. So there, she's even got a weather forecast up there. I know. So I mean, seven a.m. seventy-nine degrees. Uh, let's have a look at. Uh, Tell you what, good smile as well. I love mm-hmm. a good smile. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, side by side comparison, she's done pretty similar to me. Eight thousand seven hundred and forty meters of. Running since she's been on Strava, I've done eight thousand one hundred. So Moira, you're taking me down on that front there. Um, I've only done two thousand. Although I don't use Strava, you know. No, I never log in. Yeah. It's called syncing. You just everything just. Yeah, just but I never actually nowadays at the moment when I'm running, I because my watch, I've got a bit of an old school forerunner. Mm-hmm. It still works. Why get a new one? You know, yep. I only use it for pacing. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. Um, and it's I don't sync it. So that's why. Mm. Uh, longest ride, she's just done her Ironman rides have been her longest, 180.3 kilometres. Uh, and done a nice big climb in there though, 1,342 metres somewhere. So uh, today she's done the Whoop Cycling, 17.2 day strain. Good times, rock and roll. There you are, you are a winger, winger of the week. week. Okay, just a little bit of a, no real questions and answers, but we do have John Swimset. Oh, right, yes. Oh, right. Oh, I'd almost forgotten about that. This morning swim, what we did, we did 400 warm-up, which comprised 100 metres freestyle, 100 metres IM, twice through. Uh, then we did six 100s, descend, one to three, four to six. So that's going sort of steady, moderate, hard, steady, moderate, hard. And then our main set was twice through, 400 metres steady, 300 metres bands only. Everyone loves it when I put the bands only up. Uh, so bands only is when you basically have a band tied around your you waist. Feel like you're drowning. Uh, feel like you're drowning. And then we did a 200 metres hard. So we did that twice through. 400, three 100s bands only, 200 hard. Then we did 200 easy, finished off with 625 sprints and another 200 metres warm down. So it was about 3.3 Ks. Just a bit of a mixed bag, bit of everything. There we go. Uh, John's Tour de France, you've got a Super League up happening. Um, I've got a, a fantasy league going up. Tour de France starts this Friday. Pretty pumped about that. It's going to be good times. Some lots of bit of controversy. What's the um, controversy? Well, Team Ineos, which yep. is uh, you know the former Sky team, they have not selected Chris Froome um, nor Garrett Thomas. So two Tour de France riders because they've got such a stacked team. They just they they're not in great shape, and they've just got so many other good riders they don't need them. Which so is what happens to those two? They'll go and do other races. So one of them's going to I think uh, they're not going to do tour. 
Not doing the Tour de France. No, no. Uh, so they'll but, go off and do... So they wouldn't be competitive, you're saying? They'd be competitive, but they don't seem to be in winning shape. And they've got another guy who's won last year. Uh, mm. So they're going to go all in to support him. So drama, drama. And I've got a fantasy league going on the official Tour de France website. If you go to my Facebook page, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can click on it and you can, if you want to join the fantasy league and take on me and Thomas. Thomas was so pumped this morning. He just, I was like, Belinda was just telling him to shut up because all he wanted to do was pick his team for this morning because you got a $120 budget, I think, to buy your team. And he's going, I'm picking this guy, picking that guy. I've got my team so dead, you're going down. And uh, so I'm going to, oh, he has got a good team. I'm going to have to, need a bit of luck to beat him, I think. What do you mean? Can we pick the same guys? You can pick the same guys, but, the but then it's it. just, um, yeah, you need a bit of luck. It's going to be a real lottery, this Tour de France, to start with. Day two, I think it is, is a mountain stage. Traditionally, the Tour de France, you have sort of five days roughly which is some hills and a bit of get a quite a bit of flat race. get a feel for it and you have different people winning and then you have uh you know you probably get a breakaway but day two has got a mountain stage that's so really going to shake things up and it's going to be a lottery who's going to be in so the how yellow does it change the dynamic well what will likely happen is there'll be a big breakaway and uh and they might just let them go and so some random dude's going to be in yellow for quite some period before the big hitters come uh, and mow them down okay. that's pretty cool for that but person then it is but then again I'm not very good at picking races. It might not turn yeah, out that we've way. We've got some evidence on it this week, haven't we? We have indeed. Okay, there we go. So uh, if you want to do that, go to John's, look up for John Newsom just as a person on yep. Facebook uh, and he'll like you and he'll send you through. Is there a website that does it all for you? I've just got a link on there, yeah, and you just go through and then you've got to pick your eight riders and uh, you're away laughing. Have you picked the Kiwi boy? Well, no. I will pick a Kiwi, but our Kiwi boy's a domestique, so he's probably not going to do particularly well in terms mm. of results so you yeah. kind of got it it's quite strategic yeah they say there's a there's a rugby league one a couple of guys i know do it for the nrl apparently it's brilliant mm. but you spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> and because of, because it's kind of just about um you know one-upping your mates mm. so it gets so it's important it's important <laughs> stuff, very important stuff. <laughs> okay john let's say thank you to our pon- uh, patrons yeah Golden Shoes, Ole Johansson. We've got uh, Grant, the King of Swing, Richards. And another King, the King of the Castle, Michael Morpeth. I'll tell you what, we've got Kings, or Kings galore. Uh, John Sponsor. What bike? Remember, guys, it's the most realistic and effective smart trainer on earth. Uh, highly recommend if you are looking to just have that bike at home that other people can use that can you know get more out of your training. Uh, yeah, check out what bike and make sure you use the link in our show notes or on our front page because it just they know that you're using us when you go through them. Uh, also, you want to say a big thank you to our patrons. If you're not a patron, go to www.imtalk.me down the down on the page, find it, and join us and just support the boys and what we do. For coaching, go to coachjohnnewson.com. Actually, on my podcast I released, I released yesterday, I have a really good interview of a behavior specialist and she works with businesses. If you've got a business, she has this, because she's talking about how you get customers to change and actually make a choice that helps you move towards your business. And she had this model, don't, don't, don't delete that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to leave. I need that for later, like, okay? What's that doing? So both, we both use uh, Google Drive and we're looking at the same number. You can see when someone's doing something. It's about to delete something Bevan would have saved. Don't you delete that. Um, <laughs> but it's a really good model for helping customers actually make a choice of using you. So... I, it was a really cool interview, so check that out. Her name was Bree Williamson. Williams, sorry. Um, also, other content, I am talk at G, uh, I am talk podcast at gmail.com. Age group is cool. Websites, other feedback, send it there. Jumbo, your goss. 
Oh my gosh, um, had my first race that I had to organise under socially distancing conditions at the weekend. How'd that go? Was, everyone was very well behaved. Was actually. it JD? And JD. Did Gail go? No, she didn't. She was on the start list. She told me she was going to go. She was supposed to. Gail, the weather, go. The weather was a bit inclement. Oh, uh, okay. So, a bit drizzly conditions, but not bad enough that you'd cancel it. But it was drizzly, and then it cleared sort of towards the end, which was okay. So, what, what we had to do at the start was I had all these big, massive, big grid of cones, 11 lines of uh, people for the first group, two metre two gaps every side of everybody, and then every 20 seconds you'd start uh, five people. And everybody was really well behaved. It was like conveyor belt, one wave would go move forward and it'll work pretty well nice so that was uh, one part and then the other thing that I who won uh, who won um, means uh, Ryan Kiesanowski oh is he, is he doing triathlon is he uh, duathlon it is, his son's doing the racing so I think that's a, a nice factor, it's a lovely yeah. family there yeah so the mother used to come to the gym and then obviously um, Ryan Ryan and he, he's, he's a really good multi-sporter. Oh yeah, he got he got in the top five in coast to coast. Yeah, last year. he's a very good multi-sporter. Crushing it on Zwift racing as well. He's Kenya. And then the 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 girls were both very good cyclists. One went to the Olympics. Yeah, Jenna and Keys and Elsie. Yeah, and it was, I think it's Michelle's have one. Just mm-hmm. a love. And they, I think they had like a, a farm, like a on Yoldhurst Road. No, okay. where, you know, where you no no um Marshlands Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so yeah, lovely family. Good times. So, so that was that. And then the other thing I discovered at the weekend, I sent you and Joe an email. I yeah. discovered a few new tracks, which is mind-blowing for me because uh, I've been running. So these ones there at the back of Ferrymead? Yeah. Have you not seen those before? No. And uh, it was a couple of them I have. But then, um, yeah, so go, I, I use Ride with GPS. Um, and if the, you go in there and there's the Ride with GPS view, and that shows all the different tracks everywhere. And the old grinder said, oh, have you done that track wherever? It doesn't mean anything to outside Christchurch. I said, no. I went and checked it out, and then I found all these other tracks. I was like, this is brilliant. Do you know what I love to do? So you, can, you Don't explain, right? <laughs> no, no, but you start here, you head towards your house, but you just keep following the river all around. Yeah. Then it crosses over into Wilston, and then you end up on that track. Yeah. Brilliant. It's oh, a great run, John. It's mm. a great run. You never got No, that was it. I was just excited because now I can do long, flat runs where you're on the trails most of the time. Yeah, it's lovely. No, that's a Bevan. What about what are you what are you training for? Um Training for life, Bevan? Huh. No. I'm training for Epic Camp and then I'm training for Are you gonna do the whole camp? I am indeed. Oh, yep. So I need to be in shape for that. And then I'm training for my mountain bike race in January and then I'll do a few other little tries during summer so just a bit of a general all round season but need to be fit for Epic Camp it's not going to be easy no I'd hate to think of me doing Epic Camp nowadays mm. oh my god come along well, it was warm do, do, do Epic Camp yeah yeah. it would kill me John Yeah. although I'd, I'd do it you know you yeah. just work through it don't you I would just yeah. have to understand I'm not very fast mm-hmm. and I just plot away I wouldn't be putting much intensity it wouldn't be like when I was doing Epic Camp no it would be, it's, it's going to be interesting I'm trying to do as much interviewing as we can we have Dr Feelgood Dave Dwan on the camp as well and it's going to be some different interviews this time around because the athletes are not your necessarily your hardcore front of the pack male alpha yep. sort of guys uh, it's going to be a big spread of just general age groupers uh, and seeing how they react to it uh, it's going to be really interesting so hopefully you guys will enjoy some of that coming up end of October Bevan, what about for you? What's my gossip, John? Um, Joe and I are heading away next week. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I am looking forward to a holiday. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to spend a few days in Tikapo and then go down to Queenstown. Nice. So we're going to do about three or four days in Tikapo and then we're going to go to Queenstown for a week. And I just need a break. Are you like that? 
Yeah, we're going to Criterion in a couple of weeks. Yeah, just, you know, because in the COVID, Joe and I, what we do is our year is a big year, but we always take about three or four weeks off in June. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened, and we, technically we were working, but we kind of just basically worked all day, every day. So we didn't get our holiday, and about three or four weeks ago, we're like, babe, we need a break. Mm-hmm. And even like yesterday, we had an extra day. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can we get another day in tech post? Yeah, we get another day. Yeah, we get another day. Okay, so, <laughs> so right. it's just, you do need a break. Because it's a, like, the thing is for us a new zealand's it, it's definitely it's got its challenges but overall we're pretty good mm. um in my life in comparison to a lot of people out there hasn't been too poorly affected by what's happening but it, there is a presence in your life isn't there with mm-hmm. this covid stuff and um and i'm a very optimistic person and always have this she'll be right attitude um and my life will be fine but you do def- you know you just need to break away just to kind of reset and I just think, and you know, we know that that's not realistic for lots of lots of oh, you guys in different parts of the yeah, world. Yeah, totally as well. Um, but I just think, you know, you, you know, one of the best things any relationship should do is go away for a weekend every two months. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just that realignment, that readjustment, and just that time for yourself. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I've been writing my book. Have I told you about my second book? Yep. Yeah. yeah have I? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm about two-thirds of the way through it and uh, well uh, it's kind of it's not job but it's work but it's something i love doing so i'm going to try to write a bit every day when it comes so I might even get it finished by the mile so i'm pretty excited about that good so other than that john your rugby league team won for a change no, they actually, you know what the warriors are doing all right. Yeah, right they've won three of the last five and the two they lost to are the two of the top teams mm. and they pushed two of the top teams mm. you know they're, they're actually in the last period they're performing well above where they should be um, I'm going into MasterChef. Do you like MasterChef? No, I don't. Not an, I, I. I don't mind those programs, but I don't watch them. I think you'd like MasterChef because yeah. you like cooking, don't you? I do. Yeah. Again, don't mind, them, but I'd rather prioritise my time in other areas. What do you? What, what do you when you sit down at night? What do you watch? Oh, Belinda just sort of makes the decisions. What do we watch recently? I watched Pennyworth recently, which I quite enjoyed. What's it? It's kind of like um, it's uh the butler and Batman before he was Batman's butler. It was on, I think it was on Netflix. Kind of, it kind of, it was, yeah. So Alfred. Alfred. Yeah. yeah. I quite is his last name Pennyworth? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. The yeah. new Batman trailer came out. Did you see that? No. Do you like Batman? I like the first ones, not so much the dark later ones. Oh, didn't you? No. Didn't you like the Dark Knight? No. I Actually, I don't even know if I've seen that one. They got progressively worse. The first best one was Michael Keaton, the first one. Oh, yeah, John. I watched The Joker the other day. That was crap. Yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah, that was, was rubbish. It was dark. Yeah. You want happy light Batman, do you? Yeah. You yeah. want you want a sixties Batman. Yep. That's it. Oh, get, get smart, Batman. <laughs> Heidi High. It's up my alley. It's up my alley. American listeners wouldn't know Heidi High, would they? Heidi High. What was the one Porridge? Remember Porridge? I was didn't watch Porridge. Oh. Good life. <laughs> Gold. In the last ten years, what's been your favourite TV program? Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. I've got nothing, Bevan. What's yours? The last 10 years, my favourite. Well, Game of Thrones was awesome, but then the last, the last series. Modern Family. I love Modern Family. It's so funny. Yeah, that delivers. You know, because mm. I'm not like you. I haven't watched it a lot. I didn't write to Channel 3 when they changed yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but whenever I've watched it, it's always delivered. Yeah. And yeah, a bit like Third Rock. You know, it's pretty simple, but it works. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.